my technician will just give you a microphone. Thank you, Rodie Paul. Let's start chanting, Dave. <laughs> Are you nervous, mate? <laughs> oh, only a few people got that. That was nice. Thanks, guys. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for being here. This feels so formal. It's really weird. Everyone, right. Josie, why have you got bare feet? Because... Uh, I woke up this morning. And, and why it, are you wearing shorts? It's like 10 degrees outside. Yeah, when I looked outside my window, it was really sunny. And I was warm because I was in my house. So I just thought, last chance for shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> Instantly regret it when I walked outside. Really cold. This worries me because Jane sees the only hope to my financial future. And uh, when he makes decisions like this, it does scare me slightly. Anyway, moving on. Um, so this morning we're um, kicking off our series um, of I'm Not Okay. Um, who heard the Judas Smith preach last week that kind of set everything off? Amazing. Um, I listened to it in the week because when you're sat at the back with twins crawling all over you, it's very, very difficult to listen. Um, and I listened to it and it was absolutely amazing. I love the way he just spoke with such honesty um, that we can gather in places like church and we can put such a face on sometimes. We can just pretend that everything is absolutely okay, whereas actually inside everything is, is going wrong and we really need some help. Oh, see, my twins are kicking off. They're not okay. You know, daddy's on duty for once and it's like, oh no. Oh no. Oh no, Kay's picked one up. This is going to be horrendous. Like, <laughs> I'm only joking, they're the dream team. Um, so this morning we're starting off um, talking to our, some of the guys in our church about It's Not Okay, but over the next four weeks we're going to be speaking to different groups of people. I think we're going to be speaking to some women, um, we're going to some mum, but I think we're speaking to some youth at some point, um, and just kind of really digging into this. But I, just because you see three average looking blokes before you this morning. Um, don't be disheartened if you're a woman here today and you think I'm going to switch off, this looks like it's going to be terrible. Um, there is a role that women have to play, uh, whether you're a sister, a mum, um, a grandmother, a wife, whatever it may be, um, in helping to support guys. So I kind of want to, are you alright Dan? Dan's laughing because Jacob's taken a photo of me, zoomed in on my face and texted it to me and Dan. <laughs> That's it. That's the joke. Again, my financial future is in Dan's hands and it stresses me out. I can have no pension. <laughs> um, so to stop the laughter, I'm going to start off with some really hard statistics. Um, so let's listen up a second. It says here, um, Adam sent me these this week. Um, just over three out of four suicides, so 76% roughly, are by men. And suicide is the biggest cause of death for men under 35. Just let that sink in a second. Um, suicide is the biggest cause of death in men under 35 years old. And three out of four suicides are guys. Men are nearly three times more likely than a woman to become an alcoholic. Men are less likely to access psychological therapies than women. And men have measurably lower access to social support of friends, relatives, and their community. And one in five men over 45 years old admit to having no close friends. 
One in five over 45 admit to having no close friends. When I read those this week, I was just, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was quite shocked actually. I knew it was bad. I knew that there were, I know Dave's very, very passionate about this subject and I've spoken to him about it before, but I was shocked. What's your reaction, Dave? Um, yeah, I've known about it for a while and I just think, um, I guess my reaction first is obviously like, oh, we, we've got to, We've got to do something to change it. But my second reaction is like, as a church, I feel like um, almost like there's the, there are charities out there um, uh, versus you know secular, for, for want of a better phrase, and not con connected to the church. They seem to be doing a far better job, uh, far less um, interested in getting it right and just trying to do whatever they can to help these these men out there or you know, a lot of men out there that are really struggling. It's like, over the last probably two years, it's become more and more acceptable to discuss it. So I feel like we need to, um, you know, not stay on trend, but, but like the church is a massive way in which we can facilitate what is going on for guys. Um, and it's, it's hugely important that we stay on board that and try and do everything we can as a, as a church and as a community to be a support to these crazy statistics. Dan, do you think the church are behind when it comes to supporting men? Yeah, because I think <clears throat> I think that so often our mission isn't focused on even the people in the church, because we're, we're a lot of the time we're thinking about the lost or you know p people outside that aren't aren't in this building um and i think that like those statistics speak to the fact that there'll be a lot of people in here where that's you know something that, that that will be on them but not only that but then the people that we all know as well um i think that's that's a massive massive thing yeah definitely so what do you think um what do you think is your worst habit, you guys personally, uh, in terms of approaching, like looking after your well-being? Um, women have a hashtag about self-care. You know, what is your worst habit in approaching things like self-care when it comes to being a guy? Alan, do you want to start? I think probably the thing I do most is probably wearing a mask. Um, I have. Uh, what I, I guess my perceived persona of how I think people see me and how I like people to see me, and. Um, kind of hiding behind that. Um, allowing people to believe what I think, the way that I think they see me, I think probably. Um, something I retreat to perhaps a bit too often. Yeah, definitely. And do you think that's a struggle for you in church as well? Definitely, yeah. Um, it's a slightly different mask, I think, probably. In church, the mask is one of... Um, I've been a Christian since about 1984. Um, and I've been on the mission field for various for a number of years. So there's an expectancy that I've re reached a certain level of spirituality, if you like. And if people see me in that way, they'll well, okay, it's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll just be quiet and not, you know, not let you know too much of where I'm at. Sometimes, actually. And um, what is it? Do you think that stops you from letting down that mask? What is the thing that holds you back? And just when someone asks you if you're okay, actually giving an honest answer. Um, partly it's, it's that I want to be seen in a certain way, but also I think um, fear, probably. Um, I, want, I want to be liked. 
and I want to be respected and I want to be see, yeah, seen as a certain type of person who has reached, reached that certain level of spiritual maturity. Um, I, I think it's probably called low, low self-esteem as well, you know. Um, I desperately want to be liked um, and I don't want to be laughed at and I don't want people to realise that I'm not the guy that I want to be. You don't, I, want, to, you don't want to be seen to be weak. No. Because no, there's, there's this expectation that because you're a bloke, especially a Christian bloke, where, you know, for years and years we hear, like, man of the house and, you know, head of the household and all that kind of stuff, where it's like, okay, well, I, you know, I have to put on my man of the house mm. mask because I'm going to church. <laughs> well, we're the breadwinner, aren't we? And we're, we're, I mean, I'm not, but apparently... My wife earns a lot more than I do. Yeah. I'm so just emasculated all the time. But no, that's, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't yeah. it? We're, we are. I'm good with it. We obviously. go out with a. I feel like Lorna should be my financial security now, haven't I? <laughs> just reassessing some things in my life. I, I think in the church, a lot, possibly, if you look at some of the American sites and read some of the American stuff, the, there's very much still that male is the head of the household, and there is a place of accountability in that, which I believe is still true, but it doesn't mean to say that man is the boss. Um, and the woman is supposed to be looking to the man for guidance and information for the direction. And if you're not a man who is a good decision maker, um, you sometimes need to feel you, feel you need to allow people to believe you are. Dave, what about you? Um, I think for me, I uh, I get mocked a lot, a lot of times for being a slow processor, talking slowly. And it's methodical. More if you than could hurry slow. up, Dave, that'd be great. Yeah. I just yeah. my new nickname for Dave is Bullet. Really aware there's children in the room, so it's so quick. Finish it. Um, so w with that, I think my emotional process level is is at a similar speed. So I struggle to. Something will happen and I will react to it. And because I struggle to emotionally understand what is going on within my brain or my body, I will get upset. So I might get upset with Sarah Jane for no reason or for very, very small things. And I haven't managed to emotionally connect the fact that I'm actually really upset about something else that's been going on and don't want to talk about it or can't talk about it sometimes. Sometimes it's literally a case of I can't get the, f the feeling I've got inside of me. I can't say the words that help me to process how I'm feeling. And so, bless Sarah J, my wife, she's, she um, will patiently sit with me and let me just like think and think and think and think and process and process and eventually be like, ah, oh, that was what the root of it is. Actually, I've, I've been really upset with somebody because something happened, at blah, 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 whatever, it doesn't matter. Don't need an example, but... I don't often allow myself that time to sit with somebody and process how I'm feeling and go through that um, process. Kind of like what you were saying earlier about women having self-care. Like that for me is a form of self-care that I'm in a very bad habit of not allowing myself because 
you know, I'm a man and I like to be busy and proactive and get things done. Actually, it doesn't allow myself the space sometimes to just process my emotions and talk about how I'm feeling. And I, I guess, you know, alongside that, allow those emotions to display themselves. So if I'm actually upset, like feeling upset and allowing the emotion of being upset out of myself is a really difficult thing for me to do. And I don't, I'm not in the habit of doing that because, uh, I don't know, because I guess my understanding growing up was that guys don't do it that way or that um, just just didn't have an example to me that much when as I was growing up by guys so it's not it's not a habit for me it's not it's not a, an easy thing to allow my emotions to come out of myself you just um, said a second ago Dave that you sort of would maybe hide yourself in busyness or something to stop that gut reaction that feeling of like ah I'm not okay but you're like oh no no, no I'm just going to get busy with work or something like is that fair to say? Yeah. And yeah. um, what are the other places that you guys hide? Like business is one, but toilet. <laughs> Honestly, like it, that is a, like, that is a man thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah it's the, all it's, jokes aside, though. like I'm not. I haven't got. I haven't got enough money to have a man cave, so I've got my toilet. <laughs> so like, yeah, I just busy myself and be like, right, okay, I need space, so I'm gonna go and have forty to forty-five minutes. <laughs> Two toilet. young children at home. It's like I know, but I get a lot of white papers read on the toilet. It's a lot of knowledge to be had, but it, but it is. It's, it's an escape. It's a way of me being able to kind of block things off. Um, so an isolation in yeah that sort. isolation yeah yeah which is obviously like one of the worst things you can do. Oh, I, you know, lots of this pent up emotion. I know what I'll do. Shut down. Yeah. Lock myself in the smallest room in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, like for me, that's that's one of my my places where I'll hide away on. Yeah. Yeah. So busyness, isolation. Alan, anything different? Um, busyness is also po possible for me as well. Um, and this morning, I brought a mi an extra mic, so I thought we might be short of mics. I'm nervous this morning about being up here, so oh. get myself active. So do some stuff. So. We've all got notes, I know. It's like, <laughs> we don't want to say something stupid. Let's write down loads of notes so that we, we don't show that we're yeah, weak. Um, yeah, busyness, doing stuff. But also, when I know I'm struggling, I, I, I sometimes just shut, sh shut up, not say anything. I'll come home from work, and it's been a tough day, um, emotionally, as well as just busy. And I just, all right, yeah, fine, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Just shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I like with my notes wrote as well is sometimes. So I'm an introvert, so I get my energy from being quiet and isolated and having time to process, and that doesn't lend itself well to somebody who is trying to give themselves reasons to shut down and close up and not space. Almost like you can justify in your head, "Well, I'm an introvert. This is how I'm going to get my energy." So I will go quiet not process how I'm feeling at all, get my energy, and then just smooth over as if it wasn't there and mm. just bot bottle, bottle, bottle in this like justification of, well, I'm an introvert, so I, I'm allowed this space. Like Extroverts get to go out and talk to people, and that's their thing, but I should be, I, I get the same allowance because I'm an introvert. So you can hide behind your character traits, in, yeah, in a sense. exactly. Do your friends, like individually, know what your weaknesses are, that when you're not okay, they know the thing you're gonna do? Look, Lorna will know if there's something wrong. Yeah. She, she's always the one to, that's my wife, not just some random. Um, <laughs> she, she'll always know, she'll, she'll always say, you know, something's not right or, you know, 
what's going on you know she she'll realize before even i do you know i'll come home and i'll be like bah, bah, or whatever and she's just like okay right what's what's actually happening um so that's that's amazing um and i, I think like i do think there's something in that in terms of so i was on one of my sessions we'll call them that uh, I was reading a scientific paper from University of Michigan about how women are able to read emotions better than men. So they, they did this whole test. We're extremely advanced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> T- totally. And, um, and, and, and they were talking about it's, it's, it. They kind of went back to everything. And, and they did it from loads of different cultures. And they brought it back to the fact that as young men, we are kind of told, you know, man up or, you know, don't be a wimp, don't be a sissy, don't, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, like, even for me, I, <laughs> this is, like, one positive, I didn't have a dad, kind of, for a long time growing up. And so my mum was that for me. And actually, she was great at not saying those things to me. And, like, that's one of the reasons why I kind of count that as a blessing, you know, in my life, that I didn't have this kind of man saying to me all the time, oh, man up, you know, get up, stop being an idiot, da 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 um, But I did have that from other boys as I was growing up. I did have that from uncles, from my granddad, you know, people like that, where, where you're being told all the time this kind of, you're a man, you should be stoic, you should be, you know, don't let your emotions get to you, push it down, you know, power through. Um, whereas... You know, girls are lucky in the sense they don't have that pushed on them, you know, growing up. And so I feel like they're much more equipped to be in tune with their emotions. Like I say, I won't even know that I'm stressed or wound up or upset about something. Lorne will be the one to tell me. Um, and that's been a real insight recently. And yet you guys run the world. Go figure. <laughs> It's actually interesting what Dan just said, um, because that whole macho man up thing, it's not necessarily outwardly, overtly spoken, is it? It's Because I don't remember my dad specifically saying that, but it's what you pick up from the culture around you. It's the way boys behave amongst boys. There's that fighting to be the alpha male when you're younger, and it, it's, it's inbuilt from the cradle almost, you know, when you first start hanging around with other boys. There's quite a backlash within girls at the moment. There's very much, like, I was looking at clothes for my girls the other day, and there was a whole thing, a T-shirt that was like, girls can code, girls can be motor, right, do you know what I mean? Like, the girls can do anything a guy can do, basically. And I feel like the last sort of couple of years, there's been a real, like, no, you can have a voice as a girl, you can stand up for things, you can do anything a guy can do. Do you think something is changing in culture with men, or do you think we're very much on the brink? Or have we still got a long way to go? I think we've still got a long way to go. I, I've noticed a lot more in, in social media the presence of it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay, like, you know, little little um, campaigns where you, you get guys who are like, no, actually tell me how you are. Like, so I think it's being promoted more. But just because it's been promoted doesn't mean that people are actively like doing more for their own sake. It, like. I think there's a vast difference between just posting a hashtag on social media and actually taking the time to, one, look at your own mental health and make sure that you are regularly communicating your feelings with other guys, and two, being self-aware enough to notice who is around you and who might actually be crying out for some support. Um, 
and and actually the how are you yeah fine no actually how are you that conversation is it's not an easy one to do it's an easy hashtag but actually with with the friendships and relationships you're in to to kind of make that awkward point of I'm not going to just accept yeah you're okay as an answer when I know you're not is is a difficult place for guys to go to I'm not really sure why actually yeah but I know it is I I can't quite put my finger on what our pressure is with one another whether it's pride or uh fear of rejection I don't I don't really know but I but I'm very aware that it is a thing it definitely feels like it needs to be something that is addressed within guy culture in terms of friendships because there's only so much a wife can do if you think who you spend your majority of time with during your day like, and the wife maybe is only getting the sort of the dregs at the end of it and maybe she's got stuff going on to trying to figure out your emotional state is like another thing to do like I remember when we me and Adam were going through our infertility struggles um it was really difficult for me to try and figure out Adam's emotional state all the time because I was completely wrapped up in the situation as well. Um, but I remember him saying at the time, not to embarrass you, um, Jamesy, but I remember he said that he, my husband works with Dan and he used to come into the office and because you're very kind of cut through the rubbish and just say how it is, you'd be like, you're not okay, mate, what's going on? And that would actually be able to have a conversation with you, whereas other guys maybe found it a bit more difficult and sort of tiptoed around it, which would make it difficult for Adam because he didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable do you know what I mean I feel like with men it's so difficult like you almost need that person in your life that's just going to be like let's go for a coffee what is going on like is that the kind of thing that would help you if you have male friends like that definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean you were that one but <laughs> you could just look in the mirror and be like yeah <laughs> I I not sure I have any really close friends in that sense. I was going to ask, Al, yeah. like, is that stat, the earlier one about men over 45, like, is it, does that ring true? It does with me, yeah. yeah. Um, I had friends when I was growing up. I've got a few, used to be close friends, but one's in Holland, one's in Manchester area. So I don't see them regularly. Yeah. Um, so to have people that will say, how are you doing? And I've, I've, read, I've been reading about this for years. You know, the need of building those kind of accountability relationships, people that can come to you in any time um, and say, how are you doing? Um, ask you the difficult questions. Uh, how's your thought life? How's your prayer life? Yeah. Um, are you staying pure? Those kind of things that, I know this is, it's a sidetrack, but someone that I can have that kind of accountability with. Because surely uh, things that you sometimes only want to discuss with another man, yeah. that maybe it's not useful to speak to a, a woman about, I imagine. Um, I, I, can, I can start to get to those kind of relationships when I'm okay. That's the thing. I can start trying to break down the walls with other blokes when I'm okay, but when I'm struggling, it's hard to then go to someone and say, look, I'm... I'm struggling with this, yeah. or I'm not okay, or can you pray for me with this? Yeah, and I, I can say, pray for me, but not really let... Yeah, I, I think that's a massive thing, is that like, we, ha we have to take responsibility for our own like, mental health as well. Like, it, it's not okay for me to just go, well, I've got people around me, why aren't they asking me if I'm okay? Like, you know, if, if Dave says to me, Danny, you okay? And I just go, yeah, mate, everything's good. Like, that's on me. Like, Dave, Dave has asked the question. Yeah. It's still on me to go, yeah, you know what, Dave? Actually, have you got a half an hour? Can we go and grab a coffee? Can we get whatever, you know, can we just sit here and, and chat for a bit? Um, so that, that, is on, that is on us to be open to accepting that help as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it, that, it, 
that does require us to be aware that we're not okay. And I think for me, that, that's, that's the hardest thing, is just that self-awareness of what am I feeling? What am I, like that's, that's the thing that I find, I find difficult, because I'll just assume, oh, it's, it's just lots of little things. So if I just fix those things, that will go away. And that's my logical, I don't know, whatever, you know, man brain, that is just like, we'll just fix the problem and it will go away. Um, but it's just having that, having that awareness that I think is actually so difficult to, to be aware. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I find. Anyway. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't just go away as well. Um, I mean, I've, like, like I said earlier, I've been a Christian for a long time and I'm still struggling with the things that I struggled with early on. Mm. I don't seem to be getting any better, you know. Um, so, again, that's part of the, 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 the mask you're trying to hide. You're trying to pretend that after all these years, I'm all right. Yeah. I mean, I, in, in one sense, I am, absolutely. God is good. But, you know, you still have, no matter how long you've walked with Jesus, you don't necessarily always just change just like that. Yeah. Do you think, personally, then, in your situation, Alan, if you had more guys that were in your life that were championing you, that were encouraging you, that were alongside you and able to be there to talk, but also able just to be like, you're doing a great job, mate, carry on. Do you think that would make a massive difference? I think... It, I, I'm not sure it would change me on the inside that much, but I think it would help me... Accountability is good, friendships are good, vulnerability is good. It's good to be able to talk to people, say, yeah, I'm struggling with that as well, or yeah, we're in this together, so that I know that actually... I don't have to be the person that I think I need to be. Um, it, we, we need Jesus, mm. ultimately. I mean, that's where we have to end up, isn't it, really? Um, having an honest, open church means we are open to other guys coming in, though, as well. So if... I know this is going off slightly, but if, if, we've, if we, as a group of blokes, wherever we are, are able to have that kind of group or friendship relationships that are open that can be sharing that's got to be attractive to other blokes um, so because I, if it is like how Dave described it earlier that this isn't just in church this is elsewhere as well like in gyms and football clubs and rugby clubs and workplaces and like guys aren't talking it would be incredible if churches were known as the places that you could come in and be honest about yourself surely but what are we doing here at Hope to try and help that happen Dave? Um, so, we yeah, obviously it's taken us a while to identify that something more needs to be done and what that looks like. So, um, a few of us have been talking about the fact that we need to do something. Um, we've obviously done little men's ministry stuff before socially, um, but we just we want to create an atmosphere here where we set a culture for guys that would call hope their their home where there is vulnerability, there is openness, there is honesty, there is this opportunity to come and really actually talk about how you feel, not just how your week's been. Um, so we, we've decided to um, launch, I guess, this with an event where um, there's, there's not going to be a lot of content to it because I think you know it's pretty fairly straightforward get in a room and talk to guys around you about how you're feeling. So uh, at the end of next month, we're going to be doing a men's event where the sole aim is to promote 
awareness, I suppose, of the fact that we needed to be doing this. We need to be talking to one another. We need to be putting this uh, as a as an important part of our community um, and providing guys with an opportunity to just come and talk and be free and not have the pressure of um, having to lead too much, getting too busy with the jobs within within an event and just coming and being men together and sharing and being honest and open and real and not having this fear of judgment or um, anything else. So yeah, we're, we're aiming to launch it with an event at the end of um, next month, which I think someone will probably talk about in more detail later, but that is our, I guess the beginning of our realization that we got with doing more than just hoping on a Sunday that someone's gonna ask me how I am or, or you know, grasping at the end of a Sunday morning for how are you doing? And then it, nothing coming of it, but actually putting some importance on it and having some events where we begin to try and set a culture amongst ourselves of how important this is. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, last question, because we've got to wrap up. Um, but obviously we're in a church, so you have to, like, we want to go there. But where does having a faith in Jesus, if anywhere, where does that fit in and help you guys with this stuff? Keep it short now. <laughs> okay. um, so I, I, think, I think the main thing for me is that in this place, I know there are a group of people that are living life with me. Yeah, I know that I can come here and there are going to be people here. Um, and I know that there will be people in here that I've got a long history with that I can talk to. And I think, like, for me it's about looking to, to Jesus and his life and how he lived it and how he did things. But it's about, you know, do I think that Jesus is going to wave a magic wand and take away my stress, my anxiety, fix my emotions? No. Do I think that by being alongside other guys that are going through similar things, that have already been through similar things, that are living life with me in the culture that I live in right now, and that those people can give me strength, show me the example of Jesus, show me what love, what acceptance, what forgiveness is, yes, <laughs> I think that's going to make a difference. So for, for me, that's, that's how, how Jesus comes in, is that for us, Jesus is that example of living a life that was loving, accepting, you know, was open um, and and very much in community as well. Absolutely. Jesus wasn't doing Absolutely. a lot on his own. He was always Absolutely. in the thick of it with people and Absolutely. especially guys, like the disciples yeah. were men. But yeah. yeah. Alan, what about you? Um, I think whether, however I feel about myself, um, whether I'm feeling good or bad, whatever I think other people think of me, there's a place for doing what you know you need to do. Um, Early on in my Christian life, I, I nearly gave up. I nearly thought, oh, this, it was a gradual drift away and I couldn't be bothered anymore. I'd signed up to join OM uh, on a summer campaign for two weeks of summer evangelism. Because I'd got that, I'd got to do it. I'd got to stick at it. Um, and that's what stopped me walking away, I think, probably. For the years in Belgium, I'd got things I needed to do. So I had to do it. Because um, you were living as a missionary. Yeah, you've got helping to do people, it. Yeah. you're like, I've got to be on with God. Yeah. Um, I was leading worship for however many years 
in my last church most Sundays. And some Sundays, well, I very rarely felt adequate and up to it. Some Sundays I felt downright un... I, shouldn't, I should not be standing in front of this group of people trying to lead them in worship. But I'm, God shows up. There's a, we're in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. We have an enemy. He wants to knock us down anyhow he can. Sometimes we need to stand up and say, I'm going to do the right thing. Um, all of creation's groaning, waiting for the children of God to be revealed. Our lighter momentary troubles this is Romans 8, are not worth comparing with the joy that will be revealed in us. Creation's waiting for you and I to be revealed in glory. Creation will be freed from its bondage then. There's an end. This isn't just a me here so now. So knowing this is temporary, yeah, that your yeah. faith gives you a strength. Yeah. So it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. God's working it out. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. All things. Everything. Yeah. Everything. The struggles I'm going through, God can knit into his plan for the world. Yeah. Dave, what about you? I think, um, for me, if you look at the character of Jesus and who he was as a man, it's just a really amazing example of what a man should look like. Like, strong, but loving, compassionate, wasn't afraid to show his emotions, was decisive, but yet compassionate. Like, um, I guess the reason for me why... I'm trying to remember what the original question was. Where does your faith... Where does your faith... Like, my faith... My faith in Jesus is, is largely built on what, what I know of him as a, as a man. And so, in a world we live in at the moment where, like, the, the description and definition of what it is to be a man in our culture is, like, it's rapidly changed over the last however many years to the point where I, I feel strongly that a lot of guys that are sort of 20s, 30s are struggling so much with their mental health because they don't know who they're supposed to be. They're not. They, they've, they, the culture has shifted from the guy is the breadwinner, the strong one, blah, blah, blah. Like, women are, like we talked about, way more capable than guys in so many different regions. So it's like, what do I do now? Because women can do all the things that I was supposed to be known for doing. So where's my place? Like, okay, I don't have a place. I'm just going to give up. I don't have an example. So I will just like dissolve into depression, uh, anxiety and it's like Jesus was an amazing example of how to live life as a man like he went through all the same struggles that every other guy did and yet found kindness and compassion and empathy and emotion and yet strength and um, you know defiance and all the things it is to be a man so that's my answer. Yeah, no, I like it, mate. It was good. <laughs> Worth the wait, wasn't it? There you go. <laughs> um, where can women and what can women do to help? I, it's very nice what you just said, Dave, about us all. We appreciate it. Um, but in terms, and I know obviously we've talked about how wives have got a really strong role, but there's also sisters and mums um, that absolutely, like as a girl, I've had loads of conversations with girlfriends where it's like, I'm really worried about my brother. I'm really worried about my dad. I'm really, do you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't know how to get through. I don't know. Like, what is there anything practical that girls can be doing or girls can be aware of? So, um, I actually text before the thing, I texted an article to Paul and Ad this morning about um, women uh, always say, oh, you know, I want a sensitive man, I want a man to talk to. You've also grown up in the society of 
the man is the, sta- the, the strong, stoic one. You know, so when, when a man does break down or does open up, sometimes, and I've had this, not, not with Lorne, um, actually I've had it sometimes with Lorne, but with family members and things like that, where there's like a, oh, I don't know what to do with this crying man, why isn't he being strong and stoic, you know? And um, so I think, I think that's, that's one thing, is being aware that, that you know, if, if we're trying to do these things, there is a sense of not feeling like the man is out of control because he's displaying emotion, but actually just listening to him, like what, what Sarah Jane does with Dave, that sounded amazing. Mm. That just, okay, just sitting and just going, okay, we'll keep exploring that. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get in the way, just keep exploring that. I think that's, that's really important. Um, not being freaked out by this guy that's crying on you or something. You're totally, it's a really good point though, because I, I mean, I, I saw my dad cry once in his entire life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I can remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, what had happened. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah. a real, like, oh my goodness, you're not meant that to do, do that. That doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Adam cries like every Tuesday, so it's totally different. <laughs> but. <laughs> What a great man I did got. actually marry a sensitive man, and we do joke <laughs> about the fact that he talks a lot about his emotions and feelings, <laughs> and I go quiet, and I can't process, and I'm Dave. Like, me and Sarah joke all the time, like, we've got role reversal in our great. marriages. But it's funny, I know Ad's been taking the mick out of loads mm-hmm. for being that kind of guy. Like, yeah. it's double-edged sword, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So I, th- I think that's, that's a really important thing. And then the other thing I'd say is being aware that and you said it, Jem, that sometimes your husband, your brother, your whatever, might need to go and talk to guys about it. And that they're not just off on a jolly to the pub, but actually that's really important to, to go and have time with guy friends. Um, it's not, you know, it may just be that they're just going and having a laugh, but actually that, that could be really important. Um, so yeah. And that's something that girls can encourage or Absolutely. make possible, make Absolutely. happen. Like, yeah. 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 Alan, what do you think? I think probably just not try and fix sometimes. Um, just listen. Um, because I think I, we, we probably know the answers already. Mm. Uh, just listen. Yeah. Allow us to express and uh, get it out there. Definitely. And let me just go and drive sometimes. I'm going. I'm <laughs> yeah. <good> for drive. <laughs> um, I know what I feel about this, but it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think. Uh, why do you think counselling is a taboo amongst guy circles? Going and seeing a counsellor. Because you're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is genuinely, extortionate. Genuinely. I do agree, yeah. No, genuinely. So I'm, I've, I've actually got a qualification in counselling, and I did, a, yeah, I did a lot of stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> Anyone else know this? <laughs> and... Genuinely, one of the main things is that a bloke will be there and they'll say, well, you're not, you're not doing anything that a, a friend couldn't do. The difference being that because you're paying that person, they will sit there and do that with you and they will, they will make you think about things. Whereas you can go and sit with a mate and not talk about anything. And so like, that, that's the difference for me, is that if you've got good, close friends that will sit, will talk, will listen, will, you know, again, live that with you, then maybe, maybe you don't need that profession. But if you don't have that, it's a really good, quick 
shortcut way of being able to get that off your shoulders and, and get that out, out of you. Dave, agree, disagree? Uh, yeah, I do agree. Um, I also think there's a sense of, for guys, there's a sense of weakness in having to go to somebody else, pay for advice to fix something I should be able to fix myself, like I should be able to will myself to be better. So why am I spending money to go and get someone else to fix me? I think is a pretty common, probably wouldn't say out loud, but a pretty common thought is like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm paying someone else money to go and get someone else to fix something I should be fixing and in the meantime I'm looking weak whilst doing it. So the would worst be, possible situation. Would be like the, probably the worst place you could go to in your head with, with the approach towards counselling. Um, so yeah, uh, not, not that any of those things I think are true, but mm. in, uh, in my weakest moments I think that would be where I would go in my head is mm. can't afford to do this thing that I could fix myself. Mm which is a very man-pride way of going about things, but pretty common. Yeah. Um, just last question, wrap up now. In terms of, um, like, we, you, all three of you have talked about how having guys in your life is a massive key and being able to talk about things and help you process and everything. How do you make sure you keep like, friends? Like, if it is a statistic that as you get older, it's very difficult, how do you ensure that you have that group around you that will always be there? I think, um, you know, we're all speaking from experience of being married and I think speaking, like, there's, I guess there's two ways of looking at it because not everyone's married, so let's not talk like everybody is. Like, if you are a married person, then you probably need to have, be having conversations with your partner uh, around the importance of trusting me that I'm going out to talk to other people and this will be healthy for, for my emotions and my relationship and our relationship. Trust me that... When I say I'm going to go talk to someone else about how I feel, it's not because you're not good enough for me. It's that you are not, you know, if I'm talking about my marriage with my partner, you're not objective to that conversation. So how are we ever going to see the... Um, and just, see and just the stresses on things like work. You know, if, if, if you are the only breadwinner in that house, you know, saying your stresses and worries to your, like, that might just, you might feel like as a husband, you're just adding stress and worry to your wife as well. So I, I think, like, yeah, not just about, you know, every time I go and talk to my mates, I'm not talking about my wife. <laughs> that would give us a complex. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I think, tr like you said, Dave, tr trusting us that just because I'm not talking to you right now doesn't mean I'm not going to or that I haven't previously, but actually I just want to spread the load a bit as well. Alan? I've forgotten the question, sorry. So, I was wondering how, how well you, I was doing that. Okay. <laughs> really well. I, I was like, really I've done good. good well done. Um, how do you keep guys around you? I mean, it might be slightly different for you. You're not... Um, I'm not sure, because I'm not sure I do that that well. Um, there's uh, one or two guys that... Well, there's just one guy at work that I work with a lot, uh, talk to sometimes. Um, I, I really don't know. It's been said to me a couple of times I, when I go to work and I talk to friends about how it works in church for us and stuff and that guys do talk and hang out and stuff. They're like, you know, that's not normal. Like, when I look at, like, I've got a brother and, like, he's got a lovely wife and all the rest of it. And, it, and he's like, I have my mates that I go and hang out with, but he's like, you're the only person that really asks me how I'm doing. And I've made a point of that since he was, like, 12 years old. I mean, I can give the answer that I know is probably true about how I keep guys around with me. It's talk, it's ask questions, it's spend time with them but it's one thing to say this is how you do it but how do I do it 
I don't know. I don't do it that well. Yeah. Because um, the theory is there, but. So if guys start talking more, get that vulnerability out there, then. Yeah, make it a priority. Like regardless of whether you're married or not, like just because you just you know if you're if you're not a married person or not in a long-term relationship you still got to invest that time like anything else like ultimately like Dan said earlier it's your it's your mental health that will suffer for that so in the same way I might prioritize some of my week towards uh, my physical health like mental health is as important so just to just to not prioritize it and not um put any thought into what steps am I taking to make sure my mental health is in check like is 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 the equivalent of our physical health or any, any other aspects of our life like it's got to be um given some priority at some times yeah. and not just I hope I'd stumble across a time where I can get the opportunity to talk to someone because ultimately that won't happen and we know it like the society we live in if you leave it up to chance it's that's not going to happen I think, yeah. I think for, for a lot of guys there's that fear of rejection of I don't want to keep asking people are they available I'll wait for someone to ask me and I think that's it's just a dangerous place to get into of that you know I'll, I'll wait until someone invites me out mm. for, for you know whatever um, you know, so even if it's just like let's do a group thing or let's do it you know rather than just one person to start yeah. off with it's just good to meet with people and you don't have to have an agenda you don't have to have a you know you know, these these are the agenda points. These are the things we're going to talk about. I, you know, I've I've put in this really really dark secret here, so you will think about that before we meet together. And like, it doesn't have to be that intense. Because um, I think like I keep coming back to it, but that just like living life together. Yeah. Because you give then opportunities for conversations to happen when when you're li- you're living your life with people. Yeah. I think that, I think that's really important. Definitely, guys. I think. You've definitely started a conversation this morning and I just want to thank you massively for getting up here. It takes an awful lot and your vulnerability and your honesty um, I think is amazing. So can we just give a massive round of applause? Thank you. That was awesome. Um... What's next week? I need to be strong, but I'm not okay. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. Yes. So we've got three people coming up next week um, who have jobs where it's almost required for them to be the support, to be the strong person. And um, we're going to be talking to some people around that. Um, Do you know what? I get a real sense, actually, that we should just leave it there because I think there's a whole lot of... Sorry, guys. I know everyone's got sorted. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Kirst. I just feel like, actually, the response doesn't need to be necessarily always this kind of, oh, let's sing a song and let's get some prayer. Prayer's amazing, obviously. But I think the first step for all of us as we go through these next three weeks where it's going to be really you know people speaking honestly and vulnerably and saying things that they've probably never said out loud before just like hats off to all three of you really for admitting weakness in front of everybody it's wonderful and uh, I think actually our response always is going to be for guys that sat there or girls that are sat there going that's exactly what I do then I would just encourage our response be reach out to somebody find a way even before we have this event where we get all the guys together and the ladies are way better at this than us in in you know getting together um but do your best to try and find one person this week where you can say look should we maybe start just 
we're having a coffee once in a while and chatting and just saying, how are you doing? And even if it can't be squeezed into this little hour and a half that we have on a Sunday, then just do your best to do that. So if it's all right with you, I'm just going to um, end. We're going to, if, if it's all right, if I can pray for you, and then Lou will just chuck uh, a tune on, and then the kids will be piling in in about four minutes anyway. So let me pray for you. Uh, Father, I just thank you for...